This is the Talking Pictures podcast presented by the Film and Photography Society at UCLA. Today we'll be talking about Euphoria Season 2, as well as our thoughts and opinions on everything that happened this season. But first, a brief introduction of our hosts and their areas of interest within the film industry. And I have a special guest with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you for inviting me. My name is Carmen Erdine, and I'm with the Bruin Film Society on campus, and I'm happy to be here. That's awesome. Thanks for being here, Carmen. My name is Anu. I am at the Film and Photography Society at UCLA. I'm interested in producing as well as creative development within the film industry. So before we begin, just a quick disclaimer that this episode is going to contain a ton of spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled about Euphoria Season 2, I highly recommend checking out one of our other episodes and then coming back to this one when you're ready. And then also as a content warning, we're going to be talking about some fairly explicit stuff such as drug use, sex with a minor, stuff like that. So if you're not comfortable with that, this is maybe not the episode for you. Try checking out one of our other episodes. So yeah, let's get right into it. So season two of Euphoria has just wrapped up the finale, finished like a couple weeks ago. So all of this is still pretty fresh in both my mind as well as Carmen's mind. So before we sort of dive into our analysis, I'm just going to give a quick synopsis. This is not really going to contain too many spoilers, just like a quick setup for the season. So this season, we continue to follow Rue in her struggle with addiction specifically after her relapse when Jules abandoned her at the train station. Rue's relapse leads her to meet a ton of new different people, kind of a major one being major drug dealer Lori. Lori's a former teacher and she's very soft-spoken and bordering on like monotonous at times, but she is still terrifying in my opinion. And then we have Elliot, a new student at Euphoria High, as everyone on Twitter likes to call the school, who is also an addict and played by Dominic Fike. And then as a B-plot, we have Cassie and Nate begin a secret relationship, which is mostly them having sex in abandoned houses, his car, really nice romantic spots. But Cassie's convinced that she's in love. Um, And Cassie is struggling with the fact that she is having sex with Maddie's ex-boyfriend and she is just racked with guilt and anxiety trying to hide their relationship from Maddie. But Miss Cassie is in tears in every single episode. And Nate is awful, but that is no surprise to anyone living or breathing. Then in an episode that really threw me off, we have uh, Nate's father gets a gay redemption arc, I guess. I don't care for that episode, but we'll get into that later. Maddie, I just, I want to give her a nice warm hug. She just needs someone to be there for her. She just needs someone. And I will be that person. I will make that sacrifice. And then we have Kat, who is kind of genuinely awful in this season. And Ethan proves that he is the man of my dreams. If you haven't seen the Euphoria, I think it's like the penultimate episode, or maybe it might be the finale. He is just, he delivers. And I want that man so bad. And finally, we have Lexi, who gets her 15 minutes of fame. Broadway is in her future, y'all. She puts on this amazing play of the school. And it deserves, like... Emmy, Tony, Oscar, Pulitzer Prize, MacArthur Genius Award. Truly amazing stuff. 10 out of 10. Just watch season two for the play that Lexi puts on. So that is like the main points of what's happening in season two. And I think now is a good time to kind of get into what we liked and what we didn't like. And I'm going to have Carmen also chime in with me here because I think we discussed this beforehand. We have a lot of similar opinions (laughs) on what was not at all good this season. 
I mean, to begin off on like what I didn't like, I felt like euphoria. What I did like, sorry. Um, well, we can start with what we didn't like. I feel like it would what be, we didn't like. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it would like because you know that's what we really want to talk about more than that's anything. What we really want. You know what? <laughs> We're not making you wait, guys. You're gonna get straight into what we didn't like because there is so much here. Why don't you start us off? Okay, so. I'm not sure if many other people will be with me on this, but my favorite character is Cat, and I've been looking forward to so much more of her character development, and I just wanted to know more about her, you know, because we honestly barely know anything about her except that she has self-esteem issues, and that's like very apparent to us but like i definitely would have wanted to see so much more of how she can like change into like a better person or just you know just something fun and spicy going on with cat would have been like interesting i think she was definitely done very dirty in the season totally agree she had like 15 minutes on the screen and then you just never saw her again and that's so frustrating because she just got into a relationship with ethan and then the first scene our first major scene she has is her breaking up with him in like the worst way possible too it's like (laughs) where was the character development where is her redemption arc like what i don't understand what was going on in sam levinson's mind when he wrote that scene where cat breaks up with ethan and it's just so frustrating and it's part of a bigger problem in season two where we introduce all of these new characters and then you freaking sideline all the other characters from season one we have no idea what happened to cat like she you know was there for 10 seconds and then we just never really saw her again there was no change in her character either yeah we sidelined cat for elliot something's not making sense (laughs) something is truly wrong because elliot was not necessary i am so sorry yeah i think maybe sam levinson thought that people are not really into cat's storyline and it would serve the fans or the audience more if they like introduced his like soft boy like elliot who's like artistic and like into drugs or whatever and like maybe like he just thought like people would be more into elliot but like i think well people have differing opinions jokes on them i didn't care about (laughs) elliot (laughs) it did not work they tried to distract me it didn't work I just, I don't understand. Like, you introduce these new characters, you don't complete the character arcs of major characters from season one, and we're introducing all these new people. Like, I don't understand the idea behind that because season one was so popular. Every Like, those characters were so interesting. There was so much to explore there. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't get to see them. We didn't get to, you know, fully understand who they are. It just felt like we were so detached from all our favorite characters and Sam was just throwing new people at us. And while I did like maybe one or two of the new people that Sam threw in, I thought Lori, who was the major drug dealer, I thought she was an interesting character. Everyone else, I just don't really understand what purpose they served in the larger story of season two. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, but even then, like, Lori... I think Sam gave um, her a really good star. Like, she's definitely very intriguing. Like, we are so interested in, like, knowing what she's going to do. Like, what, like, evil things she's capable of. But I guess we'll see it in season three. But if not, like, I will definitely be severely disappointed. Because also, like, Lori's actress is, I think, the one from Marriage Story. And I really love Marriage Story. So I was, like, you know, excited to see her on the screen. And then it was it was just disappointment. I mean, she did a good job. I can't lie. The actress did a really good job. I was like, I was quaking. I was so scared of her. Yeah. The way she speaks and the way like she, oh my God, I was terrified. 
But then, this leads into my next point, her story is like incomplete. For a little bit of backstory, Lori essentially gives Rue a suitcase filled with about $10,000 worth of drugs and Rue loses that suitcase. What, ha- what like, Lori said that if Rue lost the suitcase or she wasn't able to make the full payment mm-hmm. um, and back for that suitcase, things were going to get ugly. So what was happening there? That plot line is just completely, you know, left, floundering around. Yeah, I feel like there should have been, like, a cliffhanger. Because, like, so that we can at least know that, okay, well, we can expect something from season three. But it was, like, nothing at all. So it's, no. like, <laughs> what's going on? Even the um, narration at the very end of the finale where Rue says, I stay clean for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. That implies that, like, that phrase of her life is done, that Lori is not going to come back. It implies that the narration is from sometime in the future, and that Lori is just not an issue anymore. Like, that's what how I read the narration. Hmm. That's really weird. Hmm. Or maybe, like, she'll make a surprise appearance at some point, and, like... I wanted her surprise appearance to be in the season finale, but I can't have <laughs> nice things, apparently. No, we can't have nice things. No, we can't. Because Sam Levin said, I hate you. He said, you don't get to enjoy my show. No, no. <laughs> no, but here's like a bunch of tit scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about that. In every single scene with poor Sydney Sweeney, who plays <laughs> Cassie, she just has her poor boobs out. I am so sorry, Sydney. That you are being objectified like this. Like, Sydney is such an amazing actor. Yeah, she's so smart, too. She She's so smart. She's so kind. She's so intelligent. She just seems like such a wonderful person. Why are we doing this to her? Because I know she doesn't want to be doing this. Sydney Sweeney is repairing cars on TikTok. She's having <laughs> fun. Why are we making her do this, guys? Come on. Yeah, I mean, I heard what she, like, said about her suggesting to Sam at certain points, like, hey, I don't think this, like, nudity scene is very necessary. And mm-hmm. obviously, I don't think, like, at this point, like, Sydney will, like, say anything bad about Sam, like, because, like, Euphoria is still an ongoing project. But, like, I, I'm kind of, like, curious to know, like, what not only Sydney, but, like, the other actress an actors might say about him like after like everything is over like maybe we'll get to like hear the truth yeah that was a lot of drama that came out i know barbie ferreira who plays cat there was some drama there where she walked off set a couple times because she was very upset with sam levinson and so i kind of want to know what was happening on set because i mean the way that zendaya talks about the show the way that a lot of the other major actors talk about the show they're very grateful for the experience they talk about how great sam levinson is And so it feels like there's some disconnect between what some of the women on the show are experiencing and what a lot of the cast are saying, too. So, Mm I don't know. I'm I'm excited for that retrospective whenever it comes. Yeah. Well, I think Zendaya has, like, a lot of, I guess, leverage. Yeah. So maybe that, like, sets her experiences apart from, like, the newer actors. That's true. She is executive producer on Euphoria beginning with this season, so. Mm, Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, she recently got executive producer credits on season two, so definitely agree. Her experience must be very different. Also, she isn't. Zendaya has like little to no nudity in this show ever. Oh yeah, she got that good contract. <laughs> she got, she had a really good agent who negotiated a really good contract for her. Unlike poor Sydney Sweeney, who is suffering. <laughs> Those scenes are just very awkward for me to watch because if it was happening in every single episode, you would 
see Sydney Sweeney's boobs in every single episode, it just felt uncomfortable. And at, at a certain point, you were just numb to it. It was like, oh, yeah, th- like, yet another one. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a cheap tactic to like, I guess, draw attention to it. And that brings me to my next point, which is that I found that the overall story was very weak and that it just felt very sensationalized. You had one major event happening after the other. There was like, it just felt like drama, 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 trauma porn, trauma porn, <laughs> all of trauma this porn excessive. Like, that yeah. is what this show is becoming, just trauma porn. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of difficult to watch at times because at least with season one, you had the glitz and glam. You had like some romanticization of what happens in a high school, stuff like this. This was just like, Rue is now $10,000 in debt to a drug dealer. Like, Yeah, what that's some like really heavy here? stuff. There's like, that's like from yeah. 100 to zero, like real quick. Like, I mean, there's exactly. still like high school students. Like it's like, it is getting really heavy but actually i felt like season one was harder for me to watch for some reason more than season two i don't know if like Mm. you feel the same way but i was like having really hard time getting through like all the episodes of euphoria i would like watch like maybe like 30 minutes of an episode a day and be like that's it for the day i found that season two really leaned into the comedy aspect my roommates and I were like laughing out loud at certain points because it was just so dumb what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> like the dialogue was funny. Mm-hmm. And I felt that season one was very dramatic, very serious, like very dark drama HBO series. And season two just felt like you're just throwing around a couple jokes, just haha, just hahaing with the gang. And yeah. <laughs> I think season one was definitely very hard to watch. I watched it when I was still in high school and I could not relate to anything that was happening on screen. And it was kind of difficult kind of getting into the world of euphoria because in your brain, you're like, this is not how high school was. But I think season two, it was a lot more funny. I also understood the world of euphoria a little bit more. So it was easier for me to get into, I felt. Yeah, I do think it maybe like um, came off as a little more realistic. Like it's less, like, like as you said, it's like less glitz and glam and more realistic scenes and like funny dialogues. But like also at the same time, it's more like down to earth. I can kind of see that too. I think my major issue with that is that this season did not feel character driven. It was just a series of dramatic events, one after the other. And the charm of like Euphoria season one was that you got to understand these characters. You had the yeah. flashbacks to their childhood and you really got to know them well. And it just didn't really happen this season until we get to Cal Jacobs, who, oh my God, he got his own <laughs> freaking episode exploring his gay arc. And that was also something I didn't like about this season Because Cal Jacobs, he's just irredeemable in my opinion. He's an awful father. He's a terrible husband. He's a predator. He's a creep who films people without their consent. And he's just an all-around horrible guy. Yeah. And I felt no need to sympathize with him over the fact that he's gay. I am too. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) It did nothing for me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, I really liked the, the flashback scenes like back to when like Cal and his friend I forgot his name his lover Derek. Oh, Derek 
were in high school. I I guess I like those scenes, but again, like I agree with you, like I do not care about Kyle Jacobs. And I think it just emphasizes like how easy it's for like the audience to just kind of like brush over like things that like the characters did, like the really horrible things that the characters did. Like even with Maddie, I feel like her like falsely accusing a man of like sexual assault was like something that really I like remained with me like i never forgot about it so like i'm still like on the edge about if i if i want to like sympathize with maddie i mean she's growing so like i'll give that to her but like yeah that is such a good point that i did not remember that that happened and you are totally justified a lot of these characters do not deserve the redemption that they seem to be getting mm-hmm I think overall, we are not happy with what has happened to our favorite characters in this season. We're not happy with some of the choices made about the storytelling and just the overall theme and vibe of Euphoria season two. It just, I don't think it was for you and me, Carmen. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess aside from the bad, which again, there are a lot, there are a few things that I did like, and I maybe I we discussed this, and I think you might agree with me here. The costuming, the makeup, and the production design is still incredible. Mm-hmm. Love looking at the clothes they're wearing. I love looking at like the eyeshadow looks that Maddie and a lot of the other girls have. I think it's just stunning. Another standout to me from this season was that some of the side characters finally got to shine. Like major standouts to me are Lexi, Lexi and Cassie's mom, Rue's mom and Rue's sister, and Ali. I thought they all did a wonderful job. Yeah, Ali, he finally got the 15 minutes of fame that he deserves because I felt like he was sidelined in season one. He had his time to shine during like Rue's special episode that was released earlier this year, I believe. But I really feel like we got to see him. We got to see his contentious relationship with Rue and he felt very built out to me. Same with a lot of the other characters that I mentioned right now. I'm so glad that we got to see more of them and that they got to have like a really full thought out story to some degree at least i'm honestly surprised with like the way lexi was really brought into the front line of the show and i was wondering like maybe like behind the scenes maybe it had something to do with like her dad what what's his name jude oh judd apatow judd judd apatow i literally don't know how to pronounce his name but i think he's a producer on the show right is he I feel like he had, like, some involvement with, like, getting Lexi into this show and maybe, like, they were able to, like, advocate for, like, more importance to Lexi's character because honestly, it's like, like, where did that come from? Like, Lexi's, like, sudden importance? Yeah, Maude Apatow, who plays um, Lexi, kind of came out of nowhere. She was just kind of a comedic relief in season one. Now season <laughs> yeah. two, she has this whole dramatic arc, and she's, like, starting drama. And I'm like, where did this come from? But you know what? It was a lot of fun. And yeah, and, like, all that, like, budget that probably went into, like, her episode, the play episode. Oh, that was, like, another thing i loved i loved lexi's play i thought it was so messy i thought it was so (laughs) fun i loved it that's probably the standout like number one thing that i love that like i'm so glad came out of the season yeah i'm like really interested in learning about how that whole thing would have come together like i want to know like whose idea it was and like who worked on like 
I feel like it's probably like multiple people's ideas, but like Sam doesn't have a writer's room or anything, right? Nope. So like it was like purely Sam's like doing, I guess. Which like I don't know, doesn't really seem believable to me. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Maud Apatow's boobs were never out, so are we sure that Sam Levinson <laughs> wrote this, guys? <laughs> right, that's a good point. Yeah, whoever ghost wrote that episode then, because we know it was not Sam Levinson, did a really great job, <laughs> because that episode was truly a highlight. Yeah. I think another major highlight for me was Zendaya's performance in one particular episode where she escapes from the car. She doesn't want to go to rehab. I mm-hmm. believe it's like that episode is episode three, Stand Still Like a Hummingbird. Yeah. That was just an amazing episode, in my opinion, in oh, Zendaya. Yeah. I think it was episode five. Wonderful. I think so. Yeah, that was that was the one that was really like critically acclaimed, and I it agree. Was so good. Like it, it definitely was the best episode, but also I was like really shaking all throughout the <laughs> duration. Oh my god, I was clenched the entire time. I like, didn't move. I didn't breathe. I didn't get up for water. Like. She had my whole attention the entire time. Mm-hmm. And even like Rue's whole season arc was such a wild ride, but so amazing to watch, honestly. If it wasn't Zendaya, I don't know if I would believe Rue's season arc. Yeah. But Zendaya is such a thoughtful performer. She is so careful. She's so diligent. She's just so good at her craft. And she just killed it this season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really like proved to me of zendaya's superiority compared to like many many other people in hollywood and honestly because like i was kind of starting to think of zendaya as a what you call it like character actress Mm -hmm. where you like play pretty much the same character in every project and like kind of like plays her own self but like that episode really like showed it to me that no like zendaya is truly like really can do anything i hope she gets bigger and better projects mm-hmm. not to say that euphoria is bad but like i want to see her in more and more things i want directors to realize that she has the acting chops like she can do any role and i really am excited to see like where season two takes her next i know she has dune part two coming up i believe that's like next year so i'm super excited to see the big role she plays in that this is just becoming a zendaya like fan podcast (laughs) but like honestly she deserves all the hype that she's getting she delivers every single time i'm just so excited to see where all the other performers in euphoria are going next euphoria is full of amazing actors and if anything i hope this catapults them to the next level yeah for me specifically when i was watching the play episode lexi's play episode ethan's actor really stood up to me (laughs) ethan's actor the man of my dreams honestly (laughs) So good, so amazing, so talented, deserves so much better than Kat. I love him. Mm-hmm. It's honestly a shame. I don't even, like, remember his, like, name, like, the actor's name. We're, we're just saying, like, Ethan's actor, but, like, what is his name? Let's pause to look that up. Austin Abrams. Killed it, King. <laughs> Austin Abrams. I really thought, like, that episode alone might be, like his gateway to like becoming like a real like film actor 
get him on Broadway. Get him on Broadway right now. <laughs> yeah, that was like such an insane breakout scene for him. Like, I I wonder like how he handled it. Like, if it just like came naturally to him because it really looked like it was so effortless for him. This he was meant for the stage. Yeah, I was born to he do was it. Born to <laughs> stage. Okay, well, I think that's all the time we have for this episode. Carmen, in 20 seconds, do you think people should tune into Euphoria Season 2 and will you watch Euphoria Season 3? I do think that people should watch it because it, as much as it has its flaws, it is, it is definitely not like anything that I've ever seen or anyone's ever seen. So I think it's definitely worth watching. And yeah, I'll watch Season 3. Like Even if I don't want to, I would still end up watching it. I just know that. <laughs> if everyone's talking about it, then I gotta watch it. That's how it is yeah it's impossible (laughs) for me season two i would recommend watching maybe one or two episodes highly recommend stand still like a hummingbird i think that is probably the standout episode in addition to lexi's play which i believe is the penultimate and the finale season three i am not sure if i will tune in if everyone on the twitter timeline is talking about it then i will tune in but for now i am undecided if i want to continue with euphoria Okay, and I think that about wraps up everything we wanted to talk about. Thank you so much, Carmen, for being on this podcast with me. I had an amazing time talking to you about Euphoria. And I hope you can come on Talking Pictures podcast another time, too. We'd love to have you back. Yay, thank you. This episode was hosted by Carmen Erdine from the Bruin Film Society at UCLA and Anuradha Srikanth at the Film and Photography Society at UCLA. Produced by Phoebe Wang, Dylan Mahoney, and Megan Gordy, edited by Phoebe Wang, and executive produced by Anuradha Srikanth. Thank you for listening.